Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to another episode of May Contain Trace of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based, low-waste lifestyle. I am your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, hello, welcome to the podcast. So psyched to have you listening today, and if you're a regular listener, welcome back, soybeans. Really happy that you are joining us here on our little plant-based journey. We love that. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, if you are new around here, you won't know this, but on this show, we do shout outs. So if there is a topic you would like covered or a question you want answered, head over to Instagram. We are at may contain traces of soy and just hit us up there with your question or your topic and we will give you a shout out on the next show. Now, I do have to apologize because this week the audio is not going to be great. My mic is having issues. So we are just recording directly onto the MacBook Pro speakers. And she's tinny. I know she's going to be tinny. I apologize, guys. But that's where we're at until I can work out this issue with my mic. So thank you, everyone, for joining along. Thank you for ignoring the terrible issues with Mike And uh, this week on the podcast, we are going to be talking about op shopping and how to op shop. So firstly, let's discuss why it's a good idea to op shop. Obviously, no one wants to be responsible for the atrocities that happen as a result of fast fashion, the human rights violations that happen as a result of fast fashion. Shopping at Sheen, we all know is wrong, but what you wouldn't guess is that the majority of higher and like high brands, fancy brands, a lot of them do use similar conditions. You know, they are also doing stuff over in developing nations. They are not treating people properly, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So obviously we know that shopping at Kmart is bad. Shopping through Sheen is bad, but even some of your bigger brands are bad as well. So it can be really, really good if you can to get into secondhand shopping and op shopping and secondhand shopping doesn't have to just be done through the op shops. There are many different ways to do it. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the ways that you can op shop tips for when you do go op shopping other options for secondhand purchasing, and also just some of the statistics around fast fashion in terms of waste and our carbon footprints that we might want to be aware of, because that can really help to motivate you to look into other options. So let's start with those statistics, guys. Did you know that every 10 minutes, Australians are dumping 15 tons of clothing and fabric waste, and this is adding up to 800,000 tons per year or 31 kilograms per person per year. That is a lot of waste that we are seeing out there. Also, 20% of global wastewater is actually coming from textile dyeing. And as we just discussed before, a lot of the uh, fast fashion is created in these developing nations, which means that there are more lax rules in place as far as what you do with your waste. And that's why um, it's so dangerous to have so much wastewater coming out of those areas as a result of textile dyeing, because it does and can affect the local villages and the water supply there. So it's something to be very aware of in terms of how our personal 
uh, lust and passion for fashion can impact the people around us and the people not around us. Um, but yes, that is something to think of too. What's interesting about fast fashion is that this is relatively new. Like fast fashion is not something that's been around forever. Um, it used to be that it was quite expensive to make clothes and everything was made properly and it cost a lot of money. So you would just buy what you needed. And maybe if you bought a little bit more, you had the money like disposable income to do that. But um, things would last longer and you would buy quality and you would repeat outfits a lot. This whole not repeating outfits thing is really bizarre to me because obviously most of my outfits have always been repeated, but it was never an option because no one had the money. And what has happened as a result of fast fashion is that it has become incredibly accessible for people on lower incomes in order, like on lower incomes to order fast fashion items and not have to repeat clothing and to be able to get multiple items. Now, I'm not saying that you're a bad person if you do buy fast fashion, because there are people out there that really love what's available through those sites, and they maybe don't have the money to buy these pieces um, through ethical companies, or ethical companies are not making these pieces in their size. Not all companies are size inclusive. And as we were talking about before, even some of the larger companies where you pay more are still using similar, you know, conditions for their workers. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's complicated. It's a very complicated uh, topic to get into, but I'm not judging anyone who does buy fast fashion. I am simply offering ways around it. And even with these ways around it, even as someone who has thrifted 75% of my wardrobe and buys through a couple of ethical brands that I like, I still have fast fashion items in my wardrobe. I still go to Kmart to buy underwear and stuff and like, you know, pajamas and things like that because it's just, it's very accessible. It's very easy. And, you know, that's not a good reason, but it's very, very hard to be 100% ethical. So with all of that in mind, let's move on and look at some of the other ways in which fast fashion has affected us. In the year 2000, companies and fashion brands were basically putting out about two collections per year. And now they are putting out 24 fashion collections each year. So that has jumped from two collections to 24 collections. In that kind of fashion cycle, no one can keep up. And the whole point is to just like make so much and have so many new looks churning out so constantly that, you know, you do have to just keep buying and purchasing and it just continues an endless cycle of purchasing to remain somewhat relevant in the fashion sphere. Um, the other really interesting fact that I found when I was researching this is that our clothing production has actually doubled in 15 years. So in the year 2000, um, we were making this many clothes and now we're making double that amount um, in 2015. So obviously it's 2022 now, but that was the figures that I found was up to 2015. So that's really concerning to think about. Um, the clothing industry is also responsible for half a million tons of microplastics getting into the environment every year. So that's a bit of a worry. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of slave trade that happens. There's a lot of human rights issues like we've spoken about before at the start of the podcast. And, yeah, it's just not it's not a great industry to support. But it's very hard to know what is a more ethical kind of brands to buy and there is research that you can do on that. There's actually a whole site dedicated to that. They do a report every year. 
It's basically called the Ethical Fashion Report, and it actually grades all companies, you know, from an A to an F on how good they are, um, how sustainable they are, how well they're treating their staff, what their production line looks like. So that's a great one to check out. I'm going to drop a link for that in the show notes. You can go and check it out there. The other thing to think about when it comes to fashion is your fashion carbon footprint. Like how many, you know, travel miles is your fashion getting? Is your fashion traveling more than you do? Because if it is, then that's probably not a good thing. (laughs) Like if your fashion is more of a jet setter than you are, then that's a bit of a worry. Um, Wherever you can, it's great to buy local. And where you can't, you can always just kind of like recycle things and look for more sustainable companies and support brands that are more ethical. So that's something to consider in how you approach it. But the other thing, too, is that in fast fashion, we're talking very much about styles that are being churned out really quickly. They're being influenced by social media and by trends that are coming through and by, you know, popular stuff like um, shows and whatnot. For example, makeup trends have changed drastically as a result of euphoria, you know, and I mean, I think Dark Academia had a real kick forward because of shows like um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, So these are all examples of how popular culture does affect fashion. But one really interesting thing that has happened recently as a result of social media and pop culture is on TikTok, all of these subcultures during the during the pandemic and lockdowns and stuff, all these subcultures of fashion kind of got more deeply into their subculture and became a little bit weirder and quirkier. And now we're seeing subcultures within subcultures within subcultures. You've got stuff like Goblin Core. You've got stuff like Whimsy Goth, you know. You've got stuff like, obviously, Dark Academia, Light light Academia. Um, There are just so many different subsets of these different styles and genres of, you know, fashion that people are getting into. And the great thing about these subcultures is that so many of them are built on often a lot of kind of vintage or secondhand fashion because you're not trying to go for a brand new look. You're trying to find clothes with character. And I think that's such a great ethos to take into op shopping. Clothes with character is a really good way to look at getting your secondhand pieces, you know, styling something that's secondhand, reusing items, because you'd be surprised at the different varieties and types of clothes that you find at an op shop. So in this episode, we're going to focus on finding clothes with character and how to op shop, how to find those good pieces, you know, and how to apply it to your style, because I truly believe that no matter how... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How you like to look. You can go into an op shop and you can find something that fits with your current aesthetic. So let's jump straight into that now. There are a few things to remember when op shopping. What you'll want to do is you'll want to go into the op shop with an open mind. So 
Don't go in with any preconceived notions of what you're after. I think it is so much better if you can to just go in open to what you can find there. I know that my personal fashion and style is very much influenced by what I find in the op shop and then I style around it. So I find a lot of velvet in the op shops. I find secondhand, you know, kind of tweed jackets, things like that. Um, I love wearing that kind of stuff and you can take a really old quirky kind of 80s tweed jacket, take out the shoulder pads, style it up with a short dress, a pair of docks, maybe some patent tights and then a belt over the jacket. It's a really fun look. So there's a lot of different ways that you can style stuff from the op shop. Um, but going into it with an open mind and not having any preconceived notions about what you're after is going to really help. My next tip is to be aware that you are not going to find stuff very well laid out. It's an op shop and these are volunteers. And what they do is they tend to put things either by size or they're just, you know, in stacks. And sometimes they try and organize them by color. For this reason, it's so important that you go through every single item on the rack because you cannot tell what the style of something is from looking at it from the outside you know, without any display items. So that's why op shopping can be a little bit time consuming. You really have to get in there and go through every single item. So go through every single item on the rack and pull out anything that you like. If you like the style of it, if you like the pattern, if you like the material, if you like the brand. Um, and the other thing is wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about sizing because as we know, sizing is not actually standard. So for a very long time now, we haven't had proper standard sizing. And as a result of that, many different brands, like you would know that your size jumps up and down depending on which brand you go to. And that's going to be true of everything in the op shop as well. So just grab stuff and try it on. And if it doesn't fit you, then oh, well, and if it does, then woohoo. But like, you don't have to stick to your size. You just need to get stuff that fits. That's all that really matters. So definitely don't worry about sizing. Go through all of your items. Go in with that open mind. The next thing I would say is that you want to look really closely at the quality. So op shops do get a lot of quality stuff in. I've actually bought a lot of stuff from the op shop that is brand new with the tag still on. And people have obviously bought it and then changed their mind. Um, but yeah, definitely go in and like just make sure that you are looking at the quality of the items. So you want to look for peeling. You want to check to make sure that the seams are not coming apart. You want to just check for anything that looks a bit worn because we're not here to buy bad quality stuff that's about to fall apart. We're here to buy good quality stuff that needs a second life and a second home. And that's what we're doing. You know, it's like rescue clothes, like rescue dogs. Like this is what we're doing. We're rescuing clothes and we're giving them a whole new life in our wardrobe. So you want to look for ones that are going to last the distance you know, you don't want any pilling on items. You don't want anything that is too worn, anything that's stained, anything that's missing. It, You know, and if it's missing buttons, that's okay. You can always replace a button. But if the zip is busted, don't buy it. Like unless you're going to completely tear it apart and make it into something new. You don't want something with a busted zip, but you can get something with a missing button and then you can just replace the buttons on it. But yes, you do want to look at quality. You want to make sure that there's no damage. You do want to look for brands as well. You would be surprised at how many brand names wind up in the op shops. 
I picked up a Vera Wang uh, dress in the op shop the other day. I've gotten City Chic stuff there. That's like a plus size brand that's um, kind of mid-level expensive. It's not super expensive, but it's sort of like mid-level. So, you know, there's often stuff like that in the op shops. There's often a lot of like cheap fashion as well, fast fashion stuff that's still brand new with the tags on. If you go to my YouTube video for this week, I actually did a thrifting haul and I got a show postcard with the tag still on and, and I got that Vera Wang uh, Simply Vera dress. So that's worth checking out. It gives you an example of the kinds of things that you can find at the op shop. But yes, these are just a few little tips that you can use when you go op shopping. I would also say Look at home decor because you'd be surprised what kind of stuff they have there. In fact, if you're kidding out a house or if you need something new, an appliance or a new uh, set of like wine glasses, cocktail glasses, anything like that, head to the op shop. Every time we've moved into a new house, I have op shops some furniture and I've found a few quirky pieces and I usually also find like a lovely silver tray and a decanter, a whiskey decanter, because there are just a heap of those in the op shop. They're going for really cheap. And if you were to go to, you know, like a Meyer or something to buy that, you would pay easily 10 or even 20 times what you're going to pay at the op shop. And it'll have a little bit of character. It'll be a little bit quirky. That kind of stuff's really nice to get. It's obviously like you're not going to get crystal there. Most likely you're going to wind up with glass, but no one can really tell the difference between those two unless they go up and start like pinging your <laughs> your decanter to check whether it's crystal. I don't think anyone's going to do that. Uh, so yeah, that's like one more tip for you is to try the home decor section as well. There is a heap of stuff in home decor that you can get there and it's really worth getting. Op shops actually have a lot more than you would realize. Furniture too is such a good thing to pick up and you can look for kind of older items, quirky items. We also op shop records too. So we will go and thrift some records from the records section if there's anything decent. A lot of the times people don't know what is good and what isn't good. So they will have all records in like, you know, a bargain bin for $2 each or something. And you could sometimes pick up, you know, some stuff in there that's like, oh, I would pay more for that. You know, I got some Billy Joel records um, at the op shop once. Not ashamed of that. Not ashamed to admit it. So yeah, uh, there is all kinds of stuff that you can get when you do go op shopping. So op shopping covers a big part of what we're talking about today. But I also wanted to address that there is a lot of online ways to get secondhand clothing now. If you like a particular brand or if you like a particular style, for example, say you're into pinup and rockabilly, there is probably a secondhand pinup rockabilly page on Facebook that you can go and join and then people will be selling their stuff secondhand in there. The thing about Facebook groups for fashion and for secondhand clothing and even for um, brands and stuff in particular is that they are a little bit more expensive. People tend to charge what they know stuff is worth, which they didn't really, they don't really do at the op shops. You know what I mean? It's like less common for that to happen at op shops. There it's kind of like they don't know what stuff is worth, so they just let it all go for really cheap. But um, in those kind of groups, you are going to pay a little bit more, but you're also more likely to find pieces that you're more keen on that are higher quality and that are more specific to your taste. So if you're not big on the idea of op shopping in person, there are online thrifty stores. There is Depot um, where everyone is doing their secondhand um, pages and like selling their stuff there. 
And there's other options as well. There are online, secondhand, thrifty, vintage clothing places that you can check out. There's also eBay. And like I said, there's a ton of different Facebook groups that you can look to as well. So there are so many different options when it comes to that. And there are also a lot of great options if you are into alternative fashion in any way, shape or form. Like if you enjoy a bit of a preppy look, if you like something that's a little bit more quirky, maybe a touch gothy, maybe a touch rocker, maybe, yeah, a little bit kinder whore. Like, I don't know what your style is, but there are so many different alternative styles out there that really lend themselves to op shopping. And I would say that doing op shopping guides you towards more alternative styles because you're able to work with unusual pieces. And that can be a challenge to your personal style as well, forcing you to evolve and grow and learn a little bit more about yourself and about your own aesthetic. So I highly recommend op shopping for anyone and everyone. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure that you head to the YouTube. It is just called Vegan Shell. That's what the channel's called. And there is a link in the show notes today as well. So head over there, check out my thrifting haul. I styled four or five pieces that I got from the op shop there. That was super fun. And I give out a few tips in that video as well. So yeah, definitely go and check that out. And yeah, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this week's episode of May Contain Traces of Soy. We are going to be back with you in another week. We are back weekly, like I promised. And I swear, I'm going to get the mic fixed. I am. I'm going to do it. But until then, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you in a week.